Welcome back to The John Morris Show, a podcast for freelancers, web developers, and online business owners navigating the chaotic world of technology and online business. If you're new to the show, be sure to visit johnmorrisshow.com to subscribe on iTunes, Android, and TuneIn, and find past episodes of the show. And last but not least, as a podcast listener, you can get free access to my entire curriculum of freelancing and web development courses with the exclusive two-month free trial of Skillshare that I can give you. All the details on how to get that are at johnmorrisonline.com slash Skillshare. Again, that's johnmorrisonline.com slash Skillshare. Now, let's get to the show. Are you listening? Damn. Hey everybody, John here. Welcome back to another episode. So this one we're we're gonna be getting into portfolios and how to create an intention-getting portfolio a persuasive for portfolio one that's not only going to get people to pay attention and actually click on the items and so forth but when they do will go a long way towards selling your services because a good portfolio can can really make all the difference when it comes to getting hired and so forth so this is one of the things that you really want to take some time with and you really want to nail down uh, because it can just make that much of a difference in your freelance business so With that said, let's get into this. I'm going to start off first off with some portfolio rules, some things to keep in mind as you're building your portfolio. If you follow these simple things, then your portfolio will be more attention getting. It'll it'll uh, wow potential clients more and it'll help you to get hired more. So the first thing is to to show only your best work. And the, the, the big reason here is you don't know what item a client is going to click on and look at and use to evaluate you. So you don't want to fill your portfolio with just a bunch of stuff that you've done where some of them you look at it and you go, well, that one's maybe not as good. Uh, These are a little bit better, etc. I hope they click on those, all that. You don't want to do that because you just don't know. You can't control that. And so you want to make sure the stuff that's in your portfolio is your absolute best work. It's more important to focus on quality over quantity when it comes to this because you only have a few opportunities to to convince clients, to wow clients, and you want to maximize those. And the reality is, is if you have a portfolio of 100 different projects, a client's not going to click through all of those. They're probably only going to click through three to five or so and look at them. So show them the three to five that are your absolute best work. And if you have to rotate those out as you do more work, then then so be it. Uh, These can change and so forth. So, again, only show your best work. Second one is no matter what industry you're in, and I really want to emphasize this. I've I've done videos on the path in the past, I think, on my YouTube, but also even in some of my courses where I talk about even if you're a back-end developer, which is maybe one of the hardest things uh, to to create a portfolio for because you're really writing a bunch of back-end code and don't have much to do with the, the front end. But no matter what industry you're in, try to make your portfolio as visually appealing as possible. Now, if you're a graphic designer or photographer or something like that where it's very visually oriented, this really should be your bread and butter and know that you really do sort of have an advantage because this is what you do. So this should be a little bit easier for you. I think a big thing here is to look at some of your competition and and look what they're posting. You really have to have a sense of where you stand when it comes to the people that you're competing against. Some, sometimes I get people who will say, Hey, I've created my portfolio. I've done my bio and all this stuff. And I've done everything you've said. Um, but I'm still not getting hired. What's the problem? 
and I'll click over and I'll click through the portfolio. And the reality of it is, is that their work just is not as good as the people they're competing against. So when a client sees it in the context of probably having seen other people's portfolios, it's just not as good. And so you really need to have some sense of that. Don't avoid that competition. Use that to fuel you and drive you. But you really need to understand where you fit in in that competitive environment. So look at some of the work that people that you might be competing against are doing and try to get a sense of where you fit in. And if you're not reaching that bar, then get up to that standard and focus on getting better and all that sort of stuff. But when you actually go to create your portfolio, make sure it's as vis visually appealing as possible. I, I've done this just about every time that I, I mention this or tell people about this. They'll sort of chuckle and nod their head in agreement. But I've had apps on my phone that the app did exactly what I wanted it to do. I looked at the reviews. The reviews are all really good, 4.5 and above, that sort of thing. All the features are what they want. But I didn't install the app on my phone because of the way the icon looked or because of the way the interface was. It's just how people are, and it's especially that way today when there's so many different options and, and there's people who are making things pretty, so to speak, that people just sort of think that way. We're drawn to pretty things. Like it or not, that's just sort of the way it is. So make it as visually appealing as possible. The final sort of rule here then is relevance. So you only want to include projects that are highly relevant to the services that you're offering because you want to position yourself as a specialist. If I'm looking for a logo, if your portfolio has website designs in it, I don't really care about your website designs because that's not what I want. Or if I'm looking for landing pages and you show me a portfolio full of, of uh, con uh, blog designs or something. It Again, it doesn't really matter to me because that's not what I want built. I want to know if you can do the exact thing that I want done. That's why positioning shelf as a specialist is important, but it's also why making sure your portfolio is relevant is important as well because they're gonna, that's how they're going to be evaluating you. It's not, are you good? It's, can you do the thing that I want and are you good at it? it? It's sort of a dual question in their mind. So you want to make sure it's highly, highly relevant. Okay, so with those rules sort of out of the way and in that context, now we can start to look at how to actually build your portfolio pages. So this is a wireframe that I've done for a portfolio homepage. I'm not a graphic designer, and so I do my best with this sort of stuff. However, this the the big idea here is the layout. That's really what I want to focus on when it comes to this, um, because I think that's what's important. So we talk about having a page where we're going to show off our portfolio, and we'll get into the individual item pages. But this is the the home page here. We want to have a featured project right at the top, and this featured project you want that to be the one, the one that you absolutely want them to click on. And if you feature it at the top like this, they're very likely to do that. So you need to, when you're thinking about what's the best item to put here, what's the best to feature, it's a combination of things. It, it, and it sort of depends on your industry. If you're a graphic designer, it's probably the one that you think is the best looking, the one that's really going to show off your skills and so forth. But there is sort of this other caveat or thought to give to it is, well, who's the 
the biggest name client or most well-known person that I've worked with. If that's something that you've done, then you may consider putting that there. So for me, I would put my Ink Magazine project here. It's not necessarily the most visually appealing project. Uh, it's not bad, you know, especially given the time that it was created, but it's the most well-known company that that I've ever worked with. So it's going to be something that, that people are going to really be attracted to. And when they see that, click on that. And, and then the story works really, really well as well for for my potential clients. And then I have a good testimonial from the, the person that I worked with there. So for me, while it may not be the most visually appealing thing, because they had a very specific design that they wanted and I didn't necessarily have a ton of input there, but it is the most sort of influential in my mind because of what the project is, who it is, how it went down and so forth. So you have to think that through a little bit and it depends on your industry and so forth, but you want the project here that you think is the most convincing, the most compelling is the most likely to convince clients to hire you. So you wanna feature that at the top here Use your best image on the left-hand side here. Have a little title here. This really should just be kind of the the name of, of the company that you worked with or the name of the client. And that that's really the thing that you're trying to draw people with. For me, if I, I put Ink Magazine right there, then that would sort of draw people's attention. A little description. You can probably just pull this from the, the item page, and we'll talk about that just in a second. Um, and then... A button here for them to click and view the full project so again we're just trying to this is the one we want them to click on this one for sure and it's going to put our best foot forward so feature that at the top here Again, don't get too focused on colors or or, or that sort of thing uh, even necessarily the layout although i would probably do a left to right like this just so you can get all this information above the fold but it's really more the the concept or the idea of putting your best project right up top right up front above the fold so they can't miss it and they're very likely to click through and view that particular project next then down below here we want to have again we're, we're saying three to five of our best projects so you would then just put images for these you could maybe put a title above or below or have it when people hover over it they they're able to see the title however you kind of want to lay that out but these is just meant to represent the rest of your projects that they can then click on and view and then down below here we always ask for the sale so even though this is a portfolio we're always asking for the sale uh, something that a lot of people miss when it comes to selling their services but if you don't ask for the sale they don't give them an opportunity to say yes so we put something here a headline like ready to get started and then if you're ready to get started working with me, click the button below and then have a button like here below that says hire me or learn more about hiring me or whatever. And this can send them to your full sort of services sales page because this is really just your portfolio. This you can send them to your, your full sales page where they can learn all the details of your services, your packages, uh, what, what it costs, how to get in touch, all that sort of thing. You can kind of send them there. If you want to send them right down to, if you can link directly to the quote request form, I, I don't think that's a bad idea. I would sort of test it and, and link directly to the quote request form and see if, if you're getting people uh, submitting that form, then great. Uh, maybe don't mess with it. If not, then maybe you need to do a little bit more convincing and then just send them to the top of, of your hire me page. And if your hire me page is set up right, 
it's going to have your core offer above the fold as well and a button that says click to hire me so it's gonna it's gonna sort of make sense in this con context but you want to make sure you always think all this stuff through bigger picture from the client's perspective of when i click this button and it says you know click here to learn more about hiring me or click here to hire me when i click that button what i see next should meet my expectations of when i click that button otherwise i'm going to get confused i'm going to get a little bit annoyed uh, and that's going to be something that could cause you to not get hired. So whatever you put here, make sure that when they click that, what they see next makes sense for what they clicked. Okay, so that is the portfolio homepage. Now, when they click on a particular item, we're going to have something simple like this. So our image over here is going to, again, be sort of our final image, our best image of the final product. It's done and so forth. These images down here what I recommend is doing progress shots. So what you wanna do on the item page is you really wanna tell the story of the project because again, people are interested in stories. It's gonna make people actually read what you have to say here. Uh, and it's stories do 90% of the st selling for you. So you really wanna tell that story. And on the left, we're telling that story through imagery. So we're showing the final end result and then we're showing progress shots that say this is how it started, this is halfway through, blah, blah, blah. And you just sort of show the progress of how, how the project came together. Whatever that is for you, again, I don't know exactly what freelance service you're offering, but you want to have some sort of progress. You know, my dad does commission work for paintings, so he would have the final product here but then he might have his initial wireframe here's sort of a you know maybe the first level of color this is you know when it's halfway done you see like half color half still wireframe and then you know maybe the the final product shot again or maybe a three quarters etc so you just want to show the progress of the project as best you can. I know that doesn't necessarily work great for every freelance service out there, but as much as you can, you're trying to tell the story. Now we sort of mirror that over on the right hand side. So again, we're going to have the headline. Again, this is probably just the name of the client here uh, is really all you need to include. But then you want to tell sort of the story of, of this particular project. So I think it's best to start off with the context of how you got hired. So you want to say how or why you got hired. And so to give you an example, I'll go back to my Inc. Magazine project. So I got hired after uh, the guy that was building, that was in charge of building the site. He had spent two years working with other developers, trying to get uh, them to get this site built for him. And he'd spent a lot of money uh, on those developers and still didn't have even a beta that he could roll out to this group. Uh, and so he was very frustrated, and that's why he ultimately landed on me doing his project. So telling that story, that context of that, that sort of sets up how the project, how you're going to explain what happened uh, with the project. So it's important to include that context. Now, it's not always something as compelling or as interesting of a story as that, but you still just you want to set up the context for for the project next you go with challenges with this project so again with the ink magazine project i would roll into the big challenge and why he was having so much trouble with uh, other developers building this site is because 
he had location-based chapters for his membership. So if someone was in New York or someone was in San Francisco or someone was in Philadelphia who had joined this membership and it was a really high-end membership, you had to your business had to be making at least $2 million per year to be even qualified to apply for this membership. So he had these different chapters and he was creating content that was unique to each chapter. Some was some was uh, consistent for all three chapters. Some he wanted it to be different. And so he wanted someone when they belonged to say the Philadelphia chapter, when they logged in to be able to see just the stuff that was relevant for the, the Philadelphia chapter. And again, that could be content specific to the chapter or content that he said, oh, this is for everybody. So that was that was sort of a challenge and he wanted it to be easy for when his his writers were creating content they could click a box or whatever uh and they could they could uh select which chapter it would go to and it would just work and there were some other things that needed to to show up unique like that but that was the big challenge that was why he was having so much trouble getting it built he was doing it in wordpress and that's just not something that's native to wordpress so taking a step back from that again this is starting to become an interesting story. If you're a client and you're reading this, you're going, okay, wow, this is interesting. I can relate to this. That's a very unique challenge. It's probably in most cases, the people I worked, it was a much bigger challenge than, than what they had with their project. So now they're saying, wow, okay, he's able to do this and face this challenge for this big company. Like, oh, he can probably tackle my project. So the next then is how you overcame it. So in, again, as an example, Ink Magazine, what I did is I wrote, I just, I, I custom coded some algorithms that would allow me to be able to identify the person logged in, what chapter they belong to, and then I could do some, I wrote some page templates that were unique to each chapter for, for the theme. I could do some template switching, and there were there were some widgets where I just did some, some uh, switching in terms of the widget. Uh, and what it was displaying based off the chapter. And once I knew and had identified what chapter they belonged to, then it was easy for me to filter the content and to, to do the template switching and so forth that I needed to do in order to display it properly. So it was pretty simple, but I just essentially wrote some algorithms to be able to identify that, wrote some meta boxes for the WordPress editor screen where people the the writer could just check a box that this is for san francisco or this is for philadelphia and then my algorithms in the back end when i went to display content would do all the work of figuring out what was supposed to be shown so again i'm i'm talking a little bit more explaining this you want to keep this concise as possible but again it shows okay you know that sounds complicated <laughs> And if they're able to do that, if this guy's able to do that, he's probably going to be able to do what I need to, to get done. And then you go into the client reaction. So with that project, you know, the, the guy I worked with, Lewis, was ecstatic. Uh, he was not he's not the type of guy to get really super excited. But the the ultimate result and we could you could maybe sort of mix this client reaction f versus uh, combined with end result, because what I would say in this particular case is that. I was able to get him a beta launched within 30 days of starting the project. So he had tried for two years to get it done with other developers. I was able to get it built for him in 30 days. And so he was obviously ecstatic about that. And then you include the client testimony of what they say and always try to get a client testimonial uh, from people. That's a mistake I made early on. I didn't do a good job of that. 
I missed out on a lot of good projects I could have uh, done that with. So I'm, I'm really belaboring telling this whole story because I think as you're hearing it, you can see how that would be a compelling story to a client. Took two years, uh, had this big challenge. This is how he overcame the challenge. This was the result. I got the beta launched in 30 days. And here's what the client themselves actually said uh, about working with me on this project. It gives life to your portfolio. It's more than just some pictures and a little description. It gives value and life and it's interesting and people want to read it. That right there will do 90% of the selling for you. Just telling that story. I'd, I'd, I sold more stuff based off that story than I can even probably imagine. So you really want to try and do that in this portfolio item page. A lot of people get caught up in the design and the look and the so forth. And that's important, but it's really ultimately about the story. Stories are what sell and that's what you want to tell here. You're not always going to have the best story for every client. I get that. But as much as possible, you really want to speak to emotion. You want to speak to what it is that they're they're wanting and what they're after. If someone who has been trying to get their site launched, and that was who I targeted, membership site owners who were kind of struggling to get their site launched, someone who's in that scenario, they'll really relate to the two years and lots of money, and they'll see that I was able to help this guy for this company. They'll see what the client said. It'll give them hope that I can actually be the one to help them get over the hump. And that's really the biggest thing uh, when it comes to, to potential clients getting the higher you is them having that spark of hope that you're legit, that you can actually get it done and they'll get over this problem that they're having. So really, really important to do that. So again, like I said, I've know I've, I know I've kind of belabored this, but I just think it's so important. That's sort of the general setup of your, your homepage and your portfolio items and so forth. Now what I want to do is I want to show you some examples. And I'm All sure right. So that'll do it for this episode of the show. As always, if you want the rest of the full episode in video format, along with the PDF downloads of the wireframes and everything that goes along with this episode, then you can get access to the premium version over on Skillshare. To learn more about that, just go to letstalkfreelance.com. All right, that's it. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time.